Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of State of the Art. It is a new month, which means a new theme and a new guest host, and we are super excited to be back in the saddle, kind of doing it all over again. Um, For those of you not checking your calendar right now, it is March, and uh, March is Women's History Month. So we wanted to use that as as our jumping off point for the theme this month. Um, We found a guest host, and she's taking it in an even more kind of pointed direction. So let me introduce you to her. She is a street artist out of L.A. named Meg Zaney. And for the next four interviews, she's going to be bringing you diverse voices and perspectives on a topic she is really passionate about, sex positivity. She's going to be talking about sex positivity a little bit in her own work, but also talking to other women and artists um, about how they're using sex positivity in their work and what it means to them and just exploring the topic. So I'm really excited about this. It's going to be a really cool month. We're going to talk to Meg today. But before we do that, I just wanted to say, you know, with this guest host thing, um, it's a lot of work. And I just want to let you guys know that uh, Meg is going to be running the ship for the next month. It's her guests. It's her content. She's planning the interviews. Um, She is owning this top to bottom. So we are here to support her. uh, But we're super excited to have her in. Uh, Meg, thanks for being with us. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am very, very well. We got set up this morning, got acquainted with our audio equipment. You feeling good? I am. Awesome. Super pumped. <laughs> so, um, so, so Meg, you are a, um, a uh, public artist, a street artist, um, and you are coming in to help us out this month, taking over this theme. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about, before we get into the theme, give me a little bit of a picture of where you're coming from, how you kind of got into the art game and and how you got here today. Yeah, so uh, I guess rewind back to me being a corporate recruiter. I was there for about eight years and I just would dream of painting in my underwear. Clearly, I was like, I need a, a change because I'm not being productive here. And uh, I kind of just went on a quest and dug deep and found a street artist that was able to help me take my stencils mobile because I was already doing stencils in my spare time. Hmm. Um, and I i mean, I don't want to fast forward and just say the rest is history, but I, you know, remember that first piece that I ever put up on the streets. And it was that very instant of I'm all in. Um, So yeah, that was it. The very next day I dissolved my recruiting business. And uh, fortunately I had a little chunk of change as a nest egg to, to get me going and yeah. Through the first year. and But I just did it. I just closed my eyes and went. And uh, that was three years ago. Man, that's that's totally like the artistic dream. So kudos to you that like, I mean, obviously you worked hard enough to, to be able to make that leap. That's so cool. Thank you. So um, is this something that was like always in you? Did you always have an interest in the arts? Like, was this something that you always did on the side or is it a fairly new thing? Uh, no, it's, it's something, yeah, I mean, I just say it was, I was born an artist. I just remember as a kid, I would always draw, um, and yeah, I think it was just always in me. I would just always create weird, random things. Um, yeah, it's just always been in me. Yeah. 
So tell our listeners a little bit for people who might not be familiar with your work. What is your work actually like? Uh, it's it's a lot of it. A lot of people say feminist, um, which I kind of cringe at. It's more my my message is more of equality. I want everyone to have the same jumping off point. And so I really like to empower people to do whatever they want to do um, and and not take no for an answer. Uh, so often I pair bold messages with lively images. Um, so like a biplane paired with a message, leave the world, dispense only the good. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's just, that's just, it's kind of it. I mean, also courage has no gender and I pair that message with different faces of people who are doing things outside of gender norms. Um, Amelia Earhart was my very first one and uh, I'm getting ready to do another um, sort of, it's STEM edition. So science, technology, oh, cool. uh, engineering and math. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be a ton of fun. Awesome. And and uh, I also want to give you a little bit of kudos. I know that um, you're currently Arsenic's first resident artist, right? Yeah. C- can you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, what Arsenic is and how that happened? Because it's pretty cool. Yeah. Arsenic is um, – so it's, it's, it's hard to define, but it's basically uh, for the people, by the people, essentially. And it is what someone would look at it and think – like the modern day playboy um however uh spoiler alert and i will be interviewing this person later but it's definitely (laughs) a um it's founded by a woman so it's it's very gives you know that it's their their umbrella is to have women come in feel like they have a safe place to shoot plus they have a voice over what they are shooting Mm. so i'm very good friends with the founder and uh we sort of last year did a road trip together everywhere that they would stop they would bring me out and i would paint a wall and when they ended that tour they got a a new house a new arsenic house and i was kind of like hey so what do you think if i put my studio in one of the garages that's not being used and they were like yes please um so so that's that's my little lair my little studio lair (laughs) that's awesome what like so did you um know her first or did you get attracted to arsenic first yeah so she had seen my art around the streets um, and then had, I believe it was Tony reach out to me. And so I did a mural on the side of their house. It was like a 16 foot mermaid that said swim to the beat of your own current, nice. um, nice. at their, their original, um, arsenic house. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so I think that's, that's a little bit of a good transition, um, into, uh, what you wanted to talk about and why we're bringing you on and sort of the meat and potatoes of what you're hoping to get done uh, this month. So so we came to you and we kind of presented you with this idea of like, hey, it's it's Women's Month, Women's History Month. Um, you know, is this something you'd like to kind of take and run with? And you actually took it in the direction of sort of trying to focus on the sex positive movement um, and how that translates into visual culture. So I, I guess to kind of start like, what was the line in your head from like, hey, let's do something for Women's Month to the sex positive movement? 
it was a it was a lot. It was because I was obviously when you guys were like, hey, do you want to come do this thing? I was like, yes. And I want to talk about this. And I want to talk about this. And I want to talk about. And I just sort of like rambled off 10 things that I wanted to discuss. And so, yeah, that it was kind of like, no, let's let's reel this back and really get super deep into one thing. Um, And I'm all about like spinning any situation positive. And I think at first it was like, you know, with one of my campaigns that I do of consent is always sexy, which kind of came out around the same time as me too. It was like, well, what are we doing going forward? How are we embracing this? Sure. All of this stuff has bubbled up and become like finger pointing and, and, and don't get me wrong. I have so much sympathy because I've been sexually harassed. Um, but it's where do we go from here? Hmm. So with me too, it's like, you know, how about flipping this? And so that it's, it's actually, it becomes a social norm to have it be sexy to get consent and embrace that feeling. Not, it's not a finger pointing of, and you have to fucking ask me. No, it's like, Hey, do you want to make out? Like, how sexy does that sound? Like, I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Or like, you know, no, no, thank you. And then that, you know, like, let's go on about our day. I don't think it has to, you know, be this, this monster, ugly thing. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. So what can you like for our listeners, can you give a little bit of background, like from your perspective on what the sex positive movement is and like, um, you know, what sort of the founding ideas are here? Yeah. One thing that I keep going back to, or one example I keep going back to is more so of that hot chick in front of the bag of chips eating said chips. <laughs> and in the same breath, everyone's like, oh my God, she's so hot, so attractive. And then in the same breath, they tear her down. What a slut. What a floozy. Why is she doing that? She just wants attention. So I think sex positive movement is stopping there. Oh, she's hot. She's a woman. She's taking control of what she wants. She's making money. That's her job. Done. End of convo. We don't need to tear anyone down. Hmm. So, um, So do you think it's kind of inclusive of the entire spectrum from like, you know, what we see is sort of like Victorian prudism all the way to like women just like owning and I should say not just women, but kind of everybody on the gender spectrum, like completely owning their sexuality outwardly? Is it everything on that spectrum or is it pieces of that spectrum? Absolutely. I even say kudos to the porn stars. I couldn't do that job. But the fact that they can, and that is a job. Like, I I don't want to say, I don't want to tear that industry down. I really don't because it's real life. Like, I'm pretty sure what is like 98% of the human population probably masturbates. And don't quote me on those numbers. I'm not really sure. But (laughs) I just feel (laughs) it's a gut feeling. Yeah. And I just feel like, Visual simulation is what most people need. So, yeah, let them have that job and not tear them down about it. I couldn't do it 
which is why I'm grateful that someone can do it. Yeah. So and I couldn't do it just because I'm modest. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say you can't do it just because you're modest? Yeah, what? yeah. I'm really like, I'm, yeah, covered up all. I'm just like really like super modest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's cool. Like, I mean, I think that's um like to me, even honestly, like in just doing research and prep before, um, before interviewing you and before tackling this theme like you know when i when i heard sex positivity like you know i mean i know what i think most people know about it but my head immediately went to like okay you know artists really pushing the boundaries with like overtly sexual things and you know the border between what is pornography um versus art and like is that okay but i think what's really interesting about the sex positive movement is that it's also like pretty inclusive of the other end it's it's really inclusive of people saying like hey i feel modest and like for me i don't want to put my sexuality out there but but i'm totally okay that other people do too so i think that's a really interesting thing um to examine both sides of that spectrum and i think you're gonna have some really cool conversations around yeah i'm really excited for all the guests that i have lined up like (laughs) i because there's a lot of uh just just different people just from different spectrums different walks of life yeah. Well, do you want to give us a sneak peek into, uh, I don't know if you want to name names or talk about ideas, but what can you tell us about what you're excited about with these guests? Um, so there are a couple different artists. One is is more of like a performance artist. Um, another one is like a really strong like visual artist that does like a lot of color and just a lot of like a lot of expectivity, which is like really awesome yeah um i want to like wallpaper my whole house in her art um and then another person well i won't i'm gonna leave that one for a surprise because that one's gonna be like just like super out there and super concentrated and like super cool conversation yeah so so let me jump back to kind of um, you and your own views on this and your own work. Is this something that you're tying into your work right now or something that you want to be tying into your work more? It's something that I feel like underline is always sort of there, but I'm definitely looking to, yeah, run a, a larger campaign around the movement. Yeah. And what are you kind of hoping to learn from these interviews for yourself? Like, what is what is your sort of intellectual curiosity out of this? Um, selfishly, it's really amazing because I admire all these people that I'm speaking with. So, um, but yeah, just, I guess, further expand and really share with other people. Like I'm that's what I'm excited about. I want other people to know what's going on. I think oftentimes um with social media and, and all the algorithms and and what is really directed to people nowadays, you get wrapped up in such a tight bubble that you have no clue what's going on around you. I mean, mm. you on my phone, I open my Google search and it's all stuff that like I've already been um, searching for. And they're like, Hey, maybe you'll like this article. Maybe you'll like this. And it's like, give me something that like is new for me, you yeah. know? So I'm, I'm excited to share that. I'm excited to share something new with someone else. Very cool. So how do you, 
I, I think one of the things that um, that I foresee you kind of running into, and and I think this is just because, like, you know, when you get into these topics, and you know, when you when you talk about sort of current events and like the the zeitgeist du jour kind of thing, um, people really kind of can conflate things like feminism, sex positivity, identity politics. All of this stuff can kind of snowball into, you know, one big confusing mess of ideas. So how would you separate those things out for yourself? I mean, how are you looking at that? Um, so identity politics is one of the most annoying things for me um, because I don't feel like it's actually making anything better. It's still segregating people. And I think that the sooner that we can do away with that, the better. However, it's just like, it's now this, this juggernaut that's like, oh, I'm a woman. Like, I should have special treatment. No, like, no one should have special treatment. We're not looking for special treatment. It's just, if you're a badass doing what you do, you should be able to do that thing and not be torn down for it or not have someone go, oh, well, you're a woman, so you actually have to take five steps back from the starting line of what we're actually doing. Mm. And so I think that, yeah, the sooner that we can do away with that, the sooner that we can level the playing field, yeah. Um, the faster we can move on and actually evolve. I think the shitty thing is like as like we're just we're so underdeveloped as like a a like what we're doing. I mean, what was it the in 1963 it was like the Equal Rights Act. It was like wait, why did we need that put in a place in the in the in the first place and then now like we're still what are we hashing this out still <laughs> it, no it's already written like <laughs> let's move on like wh why are we still having this ridiculous gender gap um i mean not gender gap pay gap sorry right. uh yeah so i just don't understand why the argument is still there um so is and I it, don't want to digress from what we're actually speaking about, but that's that's definitely my my pet peeve of identity politics. <laughs> well, I like I mean I love anybody with a strong opinion, but I'm curious: is it like is it the idea of um, focusing on you know in this case sexual identity? But is it like are is it the idea that um, people are focusing too much on what makes them different or is it the fact that that's affecting their politics and how we're talking about it sort of at a meta scale uh, yeah the latter for sure it's really like it's it's people bringing up that that, that there is still this uh, we're segregated in one shape hmm. yeah and and what about like so you did mention earlier that um you know people can kind of sometimes peg your work as feminist and that you don't necessarily agree with that to I, I'll put this politically to what degree do you not necessarily agree with that <laughs> I mean it's 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 kind of funny because it's like I did one piece um with the words 
feminism is a club for boys and girls paired with strawberry shortcake. So I get that, like, sure, I I earn the title feminist um, on on that direct piece. But, um, you know, I also have the words uh, save your own damn self paired with a female version of the Rocketeer. Um, Hmm. But I have had more men commission that piece than women. So I'm I really I think my message really speaks to everyone. All right, everybody, we wanted to take a quick break to say, hey, we hope you're loving the show and we want to know more about who you are and what you want to hear. It helps us continue to make great content that you love and it helps us attract advertisers so we can get paid to continue to make awesome content for you. Please go to sodapodcast.com slash survey to help us out. That's S-O-T-A podcast.com slash survey. Another amazing way we support the show is through our Patreon page. We've actually worked down the street from Patreon for the last six years and seen them go from an idea to a platform that has helped creators make over $300 million. The thing we know from being in the art business is that selling art is hard, in part because it can be above someone's budget, or as a podcaster, you need 10,000 listeners before getting any of the ad agencies to talk to you. But that's not even always the best way to monetize. Patreon is a great way for you to connect with your fans and invite them to become members. So for any creators interested in learning more, you can actually apply to speak to a Patreon launch specialist by heading to patreon.com slash soda slash apply. That's patreon.com slash S-O-T-A slash apply. Thanks for checking us out and back to the show. I'm getting a vibe of just like everybody take it down a notch. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm like getting out of you from a very, very high level. Like not that it's, this all isn't important, but that like we need to sort of turn the volume down on how irate and angry and divisive people can be about these topics. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think a lot of my frustration comes from like nothing ever gets easier. Yeah. Why? Like, because we have all of these issues that are rising, like, why can't it get easier? And I feel like it's only becoming more muddied and complicated. And I just don't think it needs to be. Yeah. Well, so let me ask this question, because you're about, you know, you're about to interview some people that probably also have some pretty strong opinions. Are you expecting, uh, are you expecting pushback on that? Are you like inviting pushback on that? Are you hoping to find common ground to people? How do you want to approach these interviews? Yeah, absolutely. Some people get really aggressive. Some people like want to like stoke this fire for a good interview, and other people are like, "Hey, let's just like find where we can be people together." I think I'm I'm open. I'm absolutely open. I want to hear, you know, (laughs) put your clothes back on. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) go get a desk job. No, no, no. I don't want to hear that. I think uh, (laughs) I'm not. I don't think I I have any of those type of guests, but. I mean, I welcome the conversation no matter what. And it's interesting because the other day I had posted, um, I did a collaboration with an underwear company and uh, Salone and Tate. And I I actually, I did artwork and, and put it on their underwear and then did a photo shoot. And I'm an artist. I don't have a whole lot of cash. So to pay a model was just kind of like, well, what makes the most sense? And it was like, I've done a little bit of modeling like for myself. um, So I'll just do it. Like it makes sense. 
And um, and so I did, and I really wanted to sort of push the boundaries just for myself. And the last couple of takes were of me topless. And, you know, I had my hands covering, and um, I I really struggled with the idea of posting it or not to post it. Hmm. And I ended up posting it, and I lost over 100 followers. And wow. I got a ton of messages saying, how could you do this? Like, this just seems like it goes so against your message. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, me and my daughter, like, bond over, like, your artwork. And I get it. Like, sure. Like, you don't want your daughter... I don't know. You don't want your daughter to think that, like... And this is really hard to say, but like you, you want you want the best for your daughter no matter what. Um, but I think me posing topless absolutely goes with my message. My message is do whatever you feel comfortable doing. Don't let society push you around. And honestly, when I'm 80, I want to look back at that photo and go. Dude, I worked out six days a week. Yeah, to have that body that I have. I eat ridiculously well, not because I want to, but because I have a bunch of food allergies, and I won't digress on that. But like, it is like the only thing that I really have is like what I invest yeah. time, energy into my body, and like I felt really good. Um, so it really shocked me and kind of hurt my feelings that people were like this isn't who you are yes it is <laughs> you're not allowed to tell me who i am yeah well i think i mean it's also an interesting and i'm sure this is a topic that's going to come up naturally in some of your conversations but like it also brings up a really um interesting conversation around like why is it that um you're immediately like even by appearing topless and it wasn't like you were still even covered right like i was covering it was yeah. just massive side boob basically right and like so you know one of the interesting conversations is why is it that like a woman's body is immediately sexualized in that situation anyways like why isn't that just a snapshot of you like a day in your life versus um like some sexual symbol and what was, well, I should ask you from, like, the perspective of a model and an artist, like, what was your intention? Was it intended to be sexy or was it, like, uh, just kind of, like, still life kind of vibe? No, it was just really more of an empowerment move. It was really just, like, and to totally be sex positive. Yeah. And I... I think it's okay if you want to show your body um for what you I and mean, you don't even have to voice your reason. Yeah. But like it's not a terrible thing. Yeah. So <clears throat> do you think like another natural question is um is there is there any boundary, right? Like is there is there a limit to that? Like at what point um does nudity become like pornography and is that even a bad thing? I think when you're not expecting 
um, to see. Yeah, when you're not expecting to see it um, or you're not in an environment that is suitable for it. Sure, that could be. That could be one boundary. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as like, do we need two people making out in front of said bag of chips to eat them? Like, that seems a little bit egregious. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think I think there are some boundaries like that. Um, but. But no, I mean, everyone knows that sex sells. So I don't think, I don't, I don't know why, like, we would remove that piece from our lives. Like, it's already there. Yeah. Yeah, this is, it's, I'm excited for you to have um, more of these conversations and to kind of like, dig into getting other artists perspectives on this. Um, I I definitely think this is going to be a really fun month. Um, what about, can you tell me like, how is this being addressed from your perspective? Like street art is your game, right? Are you seeing sort of sex positivity being tackled in that medium? And if, if, if not, um, what can we be doing better? Um, no, I don't think that there is. And in fact, um, I haven't even seen quote unquote, like a lot of feminism in art um in, in in the streets and i think that i think that's changing a little bit but it's not a a master like subject that people are talking about um and it, which is funny cuz i don't you know it's predominantly males in the streets so you know i'm not sure how many men are out there really like just continuing to hold up the picket sign for women I, I think that would be amazing, but um, th- that's just not happening. Yeah. So, yeah, it will be. It will be a totally fun topic to bring to the streets. Yeah. Do you think the issue of like, so, you know, I mean, like nudity and, and sort of obscenity in art has always been a topic, but do you think that would like be an even hotter topic if it was public art where like you can't really control who's walking past? <laughs> like, it's kind of an interesting pers- – honestly, I've never even like thought of it in that perspective, but like – it would be a completely new sort of forum to experiment with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh which is the coolest thing about street art. Like yeah. period. You get to just be, you know, front and center. Yeah. And you know, it's sort of it's sort of like what what billboards are doing, you know, like it's just they're really shoving a product down everyone's throat. So, you know, why not shove a highly debatable topic down everyone's throat, too? So, yeah, it's it's cool. So uh, tell me what you're most excited about. What uh, what are you like excited, nervous about? About interviewing people? Yeah. Talk to me about that a little bit. Equipment failure? <laughs> Doesn't everyone have that phobia? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm nervous. I think it's really funny because I used to interview people for a living. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Except this time, I just get to talk about 
a subject that I'm really into. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm excited, like just to basically have a conversation with all these badass people. Yeah. How do you think that? Uh, like, how has your background in the corporate world like informed your work? Curious. It's a little bit of an aside, but I'm curious about. Um. I mean, I think it. I definitely run a tight ship business wise. Um, and part of me wishes that I didn't have to run the business side of things. But then the other part of me is like, oh, I get this because I spent so much time in that world and dealing with company and people that are really buttoned up. It's, it's definitely given me that edge to be able to speak to them. Um, in a fashion that that is, uh, you know, respectable. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. I wouldn't trade any of that for for the world. Like, like where I've come from. Like, I it sucks because part of me is like, man, like in terms of like art and like being able to t- technically advance. Like, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't spend. You know, like I don't have like twenty thousand hours of drawing under my belt. Um, but like, I just, I wouldn't trade it. Yeah. Do you think, uh, I mean, do you think that's necessary? Do you feel like, do you have imposter syndrome when it comes to that? Yeah, I think we all do. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I do. I definitely get all like weird about my art sometimes. And like when I'm having a bad day and I'm like, just stop, like, don't like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah i will not be defined by my own insecurities so i really have to like rise above all of that yeah do you think do you think that's primarily self-imposed or have you ever actually gotten like negative feedback on that no for the most part i i don't i have some i have a little pocket of haters um sure. and <laughs> well, you just, haven't made it if you don't have someone on the other side, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, I just I usually just delete comments really quickly um, when it's anything negative. And then, of course, like that fires them up and they get all like, well, she's just going to delete this comment. So <laughs> I'm just going to get it out anyway. I'm like, OK, cool. <laughs> <laughs> At least oh, they man. know like my patterns. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, look, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, being an artist is more about um, what you have to say and, you know, how uh, how aggressive you are about trying to spread some kind of message than it is the medium. There's plenty of people across every art medium who, like, when you look at their technical abilities, pale in comparison to all the masters, but like have way more cultural impact because they have a message that relates to people. So, um, and, and I think that, uh, what you're doing is really cool. I think like you definitely have a message for people. Um, and it seems to be, I mean, it seems like you've kind of had a natural gravity to what you're doing. I think people are really, um, really kind of drawn into it. Thank you. So, uh, so I'm going to surprise you with something here. I didn't prep you for this on, in our pre-call and I apologize for that. But, uh, something that we, we always do to end our interviews that I want to do with you is some, uh, rapid fire questions that are just like off the top of your head, quick response, put you on the spot, see what your responses are. Can we do that? Are you okay with that? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. So. 
the first of all, where are you from originally? Born and raised Los Angeles. Oh, cool. So you're uh, what's what do people call local Los Angelines? Angelinos. Angelinos, great. So you're like an Angelino through and through. So that makes this question even better. What does a night on the town look like for Meg Zaney? Take us step by step. (laughs) Uh, it's right here in my loft where I uh. I'm either working or playing with my dog and cat. <laughs> nice. And I should say, uh, the cat has been all over the place in the background during this I'm interview, and so I love sorry. it. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's hilarious and awesome. <laughs> he, he has this crinkle ball, so I think that's what was... You, you may be hearing that in the beginning of the show. <laughs> I love it. You should probably bring that cat with you for all of your interviews. <laughs> I should. The dog will probably come with me. He's He's cool. Ziggy and Zoltar. That's awesome. So you're not doing like the cool artist parties every weekend? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really like, I'm my, uh, my door person's like, just, she, she just harps on me. She's like, you're a loner. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Again, man, all good artists, right? Like that's a very artist thing. I don't think you're alone in that, in your lonerness. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) All right. What is your favorite? You know how like when you go to especially, oh, man, you'll know this, especially from the the corporate world, when you like go to like meet and greets and there's always the cheesy like, what's your what's your one icebreaker question? What is your like go to like rare fact about Meg Zaney? I don't know if there's a rare fact, but I I think um, a good icebreaker is um did you know that elephants can't jump and it has nothing to do with their size? Blowing my mind right now. <laughs> what? It's because they, they don't have big toes. So, huh. like, if you don't have a big toe, you, you, can't, you can't jump. You can't hop. Yeah, because you, like, can't get your weight forward on your foot. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Very cool. All right. And last but not least, so obviously people listening to the podcast can't see you uh, and they'll know this if they look you up. But in the case they don't, you have awesome, bright pink hair. What's the pink hair about? Um, So I did it. It was kind of like right when I was leaving the corporate world and I just went pink and it sort of stayed. So it's now it's almost like coming on four years. Um, that I've had pink hair and I don't even notice it sometimes. And, uh, you know, I'm just like moving about my day at the grocery store and someone comments. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> and it's really refreshing, actually. And I have this weird rule that the day that I am annoyed by a random compliment yeah. is the day that the pink hair goes away. <laughs> so it's funny because I like I was like, do I ask the question? I'm sure it's annoying. I'm sure she gets it all the time. But I, because like I have a big beard, you can see that. Not people on the podcast listening can see. I that, didn't obviously. expect you to have a big beard. Not gonna lie. No, I don't have a bearded voice. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the voice. It just was when I pictured you. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't there. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's something that, like, I'm sure, like the pink hair, like people just talk about it, and people always have questions. And it's funny because for me, it's just because I'm lazy. Like, it's easier to not shave than to shave, so I just have a beard. Uh, but it's kind of the same thing for me. Like, once I get annoyed with it, and once people like start bothering me about it, then I'm like, all right, it'll go. But that's funny because I've thought of that before. Do you trim it? Like, does it stay at this length, or is it just <laughs> it's done growing? <laughs> 
This is embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I pretty much like don't touch it until I go back to the barber and let them like let them do it. And they'll like they'll take it in like a full inch and do like the actual shave on, you know, shaving in my cheeks and like my neckline. And then I let it go. And I'm like, I'm totally bohemian. It's awesome. (laughs) But I've also noticed that if you like let yourself go between haircuts, then you get more compliments when you finally get your haircut. You know, you go from like looking like a bushman to looking like a real member of society so so it's, it's strategic <laughs> awesome well look this is gonna be so much fun i'm super pumped to have you um i think you're bringing a really cool energy a really cool perspective um is there anything else you want to say before we before we uh end this little intro interview i don't think so i think i'm set i think i'm good it, it's um yeah, I'm super pumped. Thank you so much. Your team has been incredible. And uh, this is going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, props to Vanessa. I always try to like give her as much props on the podcast as I can because she's our awesome behind the scenes woman who makes all this stuff happen. And she hates being mentioned. So it's another reason. Oh, why yeah. Like Vanessa's she's a rock star. Yeah. Yeah. She's killer. I pretty much I just show up for the interviews, but she's she does 98 percent of the work. And I mean that literally. And I apologize, Vanessa, for when you're listening to this. <laughs> no, she's she uh, is awesome and deserves all of the merit for yes. sure. Absolutely. Well, listeners, check it out. Um, this month, uh, March is going to be all about sex positivity with Meg Zaney. Um, she's going to be taking it from here for the next four interviews. And uh, and then we'll be back at the end of the month to kind of wrap it up and get our thoughts on how it went and uh, get into the next month. So super excited. Stay tuned. Thank you so much, Meg Zaney. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Thank you. Cheers.